0: With this broadcast, we begin a new series of studies together under the title Bible Lessons from the First Epistle of John. This beloved epistle, consisting of only five chapters, is filled with profound and blessed lessons, and we look forward to many profitable sessions together. The Bible claims to be, as we have seen, The most unusual book in the world it is composed of what is called the Old Testament consisting of 39 separate books written over a period of about 1100 years by about 30 authors summarizing the history of the human race with special emphasis on the nation Israel as God's chosen means of manifesting himself to the whole world of men What is called the new testament consists of 27 separate books written by eight authors over a period of less than 50 years and covering a period of time of about 100 years it is history of the glorious gospel brought about by the advent death and resurrection of the lord jesus the savior of the world the new testament begins With the four Gospels each differing somewhat from the others in content and purpose which present the historical facts concerning the life and ministry of Christ following is the book of Acts which records the beginning and early progress of the Church of Christ as the gospel of the sacrificial death of Christ was proclaimed in all the known world by those who were its joyous partakers. Then we find various epistles or letters written by early church leaders to churches or individuals which are of a doctrinal nature or impart teaching upon the essential truths of Christianity and have many practical exhortations on the Christian life. The Apostle Paul was the leading author Of this section of the New Testament 13 epistles being ascribed to him and in addition most scholars think he wrote the epistle to the Hebrews the other epistles of the New Testament are named for their authors and are therefore called general epistles since they were not addressed to any particular church or person these are seven in number named the epistles of James 1st and 2nd Peter 1st 2nd and 3rd John and Jude the Apostle John the author of the epistle we shall now consider was one of the profoundest authors of the New Testament and still was characterized by the simplest of language he has been called the Apostle of love because of his depth of appreciation of the love of Christ and his warm response thereto. Salome, the mother of James and John, was an earnest disciple of the Lord Jesus, one of the few who stayed by the cross when the Savior was crucified. So we may be sure that John had a careful bringing up in Bethsaida of Galilee. The family evidently had some wealth. James and John, with their father, being engaged in a fishing business on the Sea of Galilee. John with his brother James were doubtless disciples of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, and became disciples of the Lord Jesus when John the Baptist with great humility introduced them to his master. A little later, the Lord Jesus stopped by the fishing business in Galilee and call James and John to leave their secular occupation to follow him in his ministry and in turn be prepared to assume great responsibility in the future proclamation of the gospel. They left their nets immediately, we are told, and set out upon their new venture with great zeal and confidence. With Peter and James, his brother, John was a part of that inner circle of apostles who were given special privileges and responsibilities. John in particular entered into a special place of responsiveness and confidence to his Lord and was referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Of course, the Lord Jesus loved his all of his disciples as we are told In the thirteenth chapter of John's gospel and verse one, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. But John became a special subject of his love, doubtless because of his tender receptivity. He came to have a thoughtful and a reflective disposition under the stabilizing influence of love. He went with the few to the cross to suffer silently with his Lord, became a leader in the early church whose special ministry appears to have been to keep the established churches in love and purity and preserve them from heresies that surrounded them. John has left to us to treasure his memory five books written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit namely, the Gospel, and the three epistles bearing his name, and the book of the Revelation, which sets forth in many prophetic pictures of judgment, which shall close this age of gospel preaching given to John on the isolated Isle of Patmos, where he was banished to die for his testimony. Both the Gospel of John and the epistles of John were written toward the close of the first century and are commonly given the date of 90 AD. The similarity between these writings is very evident. The first epistle of John seems to suppose an acquaintance with the gospel of John and were apparently circulated to the same churches of Asia Minor where John is thought to have spent the closing years of his ministry particularly in Ephesus this similarity is evident especially in the opening verses of the gospel and of the first epistle it is a remarkable thing that the vocabulary of John's writings is composed of the fewest different words and the shortest words of any of the New Testament writers and yet that his writings reveal the deepest truths. In inspiring the writers of the Bible to produce their gems of truth for the world, the Holy Spirit first revealed concepts of truth to them and then selected from their own vocabularies and mode of expression those words that would convey the truth to others. It is thus that there are literary differences in the books of the Bible under the verbal inspiration of the Holy Spirit. One of the most wonderful words in the writings of John, born out of his long experience in fellowship with God, is the word know. There are several words in the original Greek language in which the New Testament was written for the idea of knowledge. Some words imply a purely intellectual knowledge of fact without any deep reactions. We say that we know that the weather is cold or that there is an object before us or that a certain object is of this color or that, because of mere intellectual conclusion. But the common word for know in John's writings is that which involves a knowledge of full persuasion because it is grounded in personal experience. It is a word of the utmost certainty. It is not used concerning trivial observations of life, generally, but concerning life's deepest experiences. We shall find great delight and uplift of faith as we trace this word through this epistle. It occurs 25 times with great emphasis. For example, We have two uses of the word in chapter 2, verse 3, where we read, And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Consider this certainty of this expression. Then again in chapter 2, verse 13, we read, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one." I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. And also verse 14, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Consider the glorious victory over sin that the New Testament describes. Then again, we have this word occurring in chapter 3 and verse 19, And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. And again in the last part of verse 24, And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. This is another wonderful feature of John's writings. We have in the Gospel the record of the profound prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ while on earth concerning the coming manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And then the Apostle John in this epistle refers back to the glorious fulfillment of that promise. Then in chapter 4, verse 7, we have this word used in this way, Beloved, let us love one another, For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Is this not a wonderful expression, that men by repentance from sin and through faith in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ may come to have a personal, vivid, living, conscious knowledge of God through the gift and bestowal of the blessings of the Holy Spirit? And in chapter 5 and verse 20 we read and we know that the son of god is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true and even in his son jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life here again is the certainty of faith and thus we anticipate great blessings in the consideration of this blessed book. It is a book of certainty and certainly portrays the positive, definite relation that we poor mortals may have with the living God. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for leaving us these many treasures through Thy servants. and We thank Thee for this blessed book that we are embarking upon. We pray that it may be richly blessed to the salvation of many souls and to the upbuilding of many of thy children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.